Turn with me this morning to Romans chapter 8. We were uh, two weeks ago in the first part of Romans 8, and we're going to be looking at verses 26 and 27 as we continue uh, a series of sermons on the Holy Spirit. This is now the sixth in a series. I'm going to have more to say about this little series uh, either next week or the week after. But um, this is uh, six of nine uh, in this series. And uh, going to be reading from uh, Romans eight twenty six and 27 as we look at what it means to pray in the Spirit. This is God's Word. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. We do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Again, that's God's word. Let's pray. Father, we pray again your blessing upon our time together in your word that it would be instructive and helpful that you would be our teacher. Even by the Holy Spirit, would you open your word to our understanding? Would you apply it to our hearts? Would you change our lives? Through our exposure to it, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our, our subject this morning is praying in the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit in the prayers of a believer. The role of the Holy Spirit in the prayers of a believer. It brings before us two issues. One is that you are to pray. Believers are to pray. And the other is the role of the Holy Spirit in your life of prayer. We'll see as we go along this morning that you cannot pray effectively without the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. Prayer is an important part of the life of every Christian. We say, in fact, that it is the, is the breath of the Christian life. Just as you cannot live physically without breathing, the truth is you cannot live spiritually without praying. Sometimes our breathing is normal, isn't it? We just go through the day and breathing is a normal, regular part of our lives. We understand how important and how essential it is to our physical existence. The other times, however, when, when we gasp for breath, when we're panting for breath, like times when we've been exerting ourselves, running, or when we've been startled, or when we are afraid. That's the way it is in our life of prayer. Sometimes prayer is just a regular, normal part of our lives. We understand its importance and its significance to us. But there are other times when we are especially in need of prayer. And we come earnestly, almost gasping, because of the circumstances in our lives. But as important as prayer is, and I want you to understand its importance this morning, as important as it is, it is probably one of the greatest areas of struggle 
in the Christian life. It's important. It's essential. And yet the devil uses it as a means to try to eliminate and prevent us from being all that God has called on us to be. You know, if, you're, if you really want to hurt somebody physically, if you really want to, to bring somebody down, the quickest way is to grab them by the neck and to choke them. Really choke the life out of them. To take their breath away. And that's what the evil one does. That's what the devil does. As he tries to eliminate from us the importance of prayer and the practice of prayer. He is squeezing, literally squeezing the spiritual life out of us because we can't live without it. And he knows that if we don't pray, if we don't pray, we're weak and frail and limited in what we're able to do. I would imagine that prayer is a struggle for most of us here, if not all of us here this morning. I would imagine that very few of us, if any of us, are satisfied with where we are this morning in our life of prayer. I know I'm not. I'm not nearly as consistent in prayer as I ought to be. No wonder we're so weak spiritually. No wonder it seems that we're gasping for spiritual breath so often. And though we feel we've reached our, our spiritual limit and we just can't go on. Prayer is our spiritual breath. And we need it to survive and to thrive spiritually. And understanding the role of the Holy Spirit as you pray is so very important. And that's what I want us to look at this morning. And I want to try to answer two questions only this morning. The first question is why? Why do this? Why pray in the Spirit? Why should you be concerned about that or why should you try to do that? What is the big deal about praying in the Spirit? Why do we need to do that? Pray in the Spirit. Paul gives us two reasons in this text that we read. One reason is because of our weakness. Verse 26. In the same way the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, also helps our weakness. You know, I might remember that in every sermon, I believe every sermon so far in this series, we have looked back at John chapter 14 and verse 16. These are kind of the, the foundation verses for this whole series of sermons where Jesus said this, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. Jesus promised that God would give us a helper. Then over in chapter 14, verse 26, he identifies that helper as the Holy Spirit. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And one of the specific areas where the Holy Spirit helps us is in the whole matter of prayer. And why do we need help? It's because of our weakness. It's because of our frailties. It's because of our infirmities. It's 
because of our weaknesses. It's so hard for us to persist in prayer, to be regular in prayer, to be faithful in prayer, to be committed to prayer. That weakness is because of our human nature, fallen human nature. It's because we are bruised and broken by the fall. And because of that, we struggle, don't we? We struggle every day to be what God has called us to be and to do what God has called us to do. We're in this constant battle every day between what Paul referred to earlier in this chapter as the, the struggle between the flesh and the spirit, where the flesh battles or wars against the spirit, leading us to times of great frustration. It's the frustration Paul experienced in Romans chapter 7 where he talked about the good that I would, I do not do. But I do the very evil that I don't want to do. And many times the good that we want to do that we don't get to is prayer. And when we are weak like that, when we're struggling like that, Paul says the Holy Spirit helps us. In the same way, he says, the Spirit also helps our weakness. When we don't want to pray, we don't feel like praying. When we really don't think prayer matters. When we're too busy to pray, whatever it is, in our weakness, the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and helps us. So he helps us because of our weakness. He also helps us because of our ignorance. Still in verse 26. He helps us, Paul says, for we do not know how to pray as we should. It's not just a reluctance to pray. It's the fact that many times we just don't know how to pray. And many times we allow our not knowing how to pray to keep us from praying at all. You see, part of the problem in prayer is that we are finite creatures. And we're praying to an infinite God. We're people with a limited understanding, a limited knowledge, praying to a God whose knowledge is unlimited. Many times we just don't we just don't know what to pray. We don't know how to pray. And when we're ignorant like that, the Holy Spirit helps us. And we'll see more specifically how he helps us in just a few moments. Now, let's be clear, there are many things in life for which we do know how to pray. We know we should pray for greater holiness. We know we should pray for stronger obedience. We should pray for more joy in our lives, more peace in our hearts, more love for God, more love for others. There are lots of things that are clear that we know we should pray for and pray about. There are times, however, when we, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, we look through a glass darkly. And we aren't sure. We aren't clear. We don't know. In those times, the Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us in our weakness. Helps us because we do not know many times how to pray as we should. So that's why it's important. It's important because we're weak Because we need help. And God has sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper, to help us when we pray. Then the second question is, what does it mean to pray in the Holy Spirit? What does it mean? 
you know, there are some who say, well, to pray in the Holy Spirit means that you pray in tongues. Some would say it means that you pray in some sort of euphoric state, kind of almost an out-of-the-body experience. It means to pray in some real emotional uh, experience where you really are caught up by the Holy Spirit into some special kind of unique arena as you pray. To be honest, it does a disservice to believers. I've said before that when you set a standard up here and say that this is a particular spiritual standard to which you ought to attain, that you leave people in the, in the state of trying always, desperately, to find that something extra, to have that something more, to gain that special experience to where you can say that I've done it, I've had it, I've attained it. Which leads us, quite frankly, to a life of frustration. It also leads to a division between the haves and the have-nots within the body of Christ. Those who have the Holy Spirit and those who don't. Those who have experienced particular experiences with the Holy Spirit and those who have not. When the Bible is clear, Every believer has the Holy Spirit. And if you're a believer this morning, not only do you have the Holy Spirit, but you have the capacity, you have the means to experience every blessing that the Holy Spirit gives to the people of God. Well, what does that look like? What does it mean to pray in the Holy Spirit? I'm going to give you four things quickly. One is, it means to pray with a sense of His presence. When you pray, you pray with a sense of that the Holy Spirit is in you and with you. That's what Jesus said. I'll ask the Father, he'll send you another helper, whom the world cannot know, but you know, because he will be, he is in you and will be with you. And one of the times you're most aware of that is when you pray. You're aware of his presence. If you look back with me in verse 15 and 16, that's where Paul talked about the Holy Spirit being the spirit of adoption. You've not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you've received a spirit of adoption again. If it's not capitalized in your Bible, it should be. The Holy Spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, what? Abba, Father. What does the spirit of adoption do? It leads you to pray. Abba, Father. And the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. To pray. In the Holy Spirit means to pray with a sense of His presence with you as the spirit of adoption who assures to you heart, your heart that you are a child of God and that you have free access to His throne of grace. At least you cry out, Abba, Father, and come before Him in that way. To pray in the Spirit also means to pray with a sense of the Spirit's power. If you'll quickly look with me at Ephesians 6. In verse 18, uh, there Paul tells us we're to pray in the Spirit. Now this is given in the context of his description of the spiritual warfare in which we are engaged in, that we're to put on the full armor of God, you know, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation, uh, the shoes of uh, peace and all the rest. 
Then he says in verse 18, this is right after that, with all prayer and petition at all times, let me back up, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. A part of our spiritual warfare is pray. And we pray in the power of the Spirit. We are to pray in the Spirit that God would help us in these times of spiritual warfare, in these spiritual battles through which He leads us. Paul says, in fact, in verses 18 and 19, pray for all the saints, verse 18, and you pray for me, verse 19. In the midst of this context of spiritual warfare, of putting on the full armor of God, you make sure you pray. Pray in the power of the Spirit for God to help us. If you look over in Jude chapter 20, excuse me, Jude verse 20, only one chapter in Jude. Jude's one of those little books that's hard to find. It's right before the book of Revelation. And Jude verse 20 says this, verse 19 and then 20. Excuse me, 20 and 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit... Keep yourselves in the love of God. The context of of the admonition there is to pray in the Spirit in the context of the fact that we are keeping ourselves in the love of God and we are building ourselves up in our most holy faith. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be kept in His love and to build upon the foundation of the faith laid for us. And so, to pray in the Spirit you mean, means you pray in His presence, knowing He's with you. You pray in His power, knowing that He will give you what you need to fight your spell of battles, to build your faith, to stay in the love of, of Christ. It also means you pray in the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Back to Romans chapter 8. Verse 27, and he, that's the Holy Spirit, who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. That is, the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. And so, as you pray, you're to pray in His knowledge. Your knowledge, my knowledge, as I said, is limited. We don't know how to pray many times. Don't you face things in your life for which you just don't know you don't know what to pray, how to pray. Your, your knowledge is limited. Your, your understanding is, is short. And you don't know how to pray. And what you do is you pray in the Spirit. You pray in the knowledge of the Spirit, understanding that He knows the mind of God and that He will pray with you and for you with unlimited knowledge as to what is best. And I want you to understand, just because your knowledge is limited doesn't mean you can't pray for what you desire or what you think you need or what you want. You know, Paul's a perfect example of that for the sake of time we won't turn there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul's talking about his thorn in the flesh. He said, it was given to me to humble me. We think it was a physical ailment of some kind. 
Paul had a desire. And that desire was that that thorn be removed. That God take it away. He didn't know if that was God's will or not, but it was his will. That's what Paul wanted. And he prayed for it. Three times he says, I entreated God three times to take it away. And guess what? Three times God said what? He said no. And he went, he submitted himself to God's will. You know, that's what prayer is. Prayer is not coming to God trying somehow to bend his will to what we want. Prayer is yielding our will to his. And to what he knows is best. That's the way Jesus prayed. Not my will, thine be done. And the Holy Spirit knows that will. And so when you pray in the Spirit, you pray with that confidence that he knows. And then, finally, the fourth thing. To pray in the Holy Spirit means that you also pray that when you you pray, understanding that as you pray, you're not praying alone. The Holy Spirit is interceding for you. Twice in these verses, he talks about the Holy Spirit interceding for you. Notice how he puts it in verse 26. The Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. What does that mean? That the Holy Spirit groans for you in prayer. Well, you look back in verse 23, or excuse me, verse 22. It says, For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And then verse 23, and not only this, as not only does the creation groan, but we also ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. We groan, don't we? We groan under the weight and the burden of this life. We groan because of disappointments because of hardship, because of pain, because of difficulty. We groan because of family conflict and because of hurt feelings and because of damaged relationships. We groan in this fallen world in which we live. And how sweet it is to know that the Holy Spirit groans with you. He's not groaning for himself. He's groaning for you. He understands your heart. He understands your life. He understands your needs. And the Holy Spirit groans with wordless groanings before the throne of grace when you don't know how to say it, how to bring it. The Holy Spirit is there beside you pleading with groanings. He takes your groanings to the throne of grace. He knows your heart. He knows your situation. And he groans. He groans in prayer for you. So as you groan in prayer, as you come before God in prayer, as you struggle with prayer, realize you're not alone. The Holy Spirit is there. He is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper in so many areas of life, but maybe this is the most important one. And I want to encourage you today. Be encouraged that as you struggle in prayer, you have a helper. 
You have the Holy Spirit to help you because of your weakness. To help you because of your ignorance. To help you by being present with you as the spirit of adoption. And helping you by understanding you so well. That it literally takes your heart, your groanings for the throne of his father. If you're looking for one more thing to be thankful for this Thanksgiving season, you had that. That work of the Holy Spirit. It's your list. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the encouragement we find from your word. And I thank you for how encouraging this text has been to me. Because I need your help. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit is our helper. And he helps us to pray. And I pray that we would lean upon him, look to him, and we blessed by it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close with one more Thanksgiving song. And that is, now thank we all our God. Let's stand together and sing.